I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. friends well we have a fun story for you hello um we <laughs> got our first sponsor option and we thought we'd talk to you about it so leslie i want you to take it away since they sp- reached out to your instagram specifically which i don't know if i should be concerned that they reached out to me <laughs> specifically <laughs> but um for, you know friends we we want to make sure that when we get sponsors it's something that you will appreciate so If you're all for this sponsor, let us know and I will be sure to respond. (laughs) So the company in question that reached out to me is called Smooth My Balls. (laughs) And um, (laughs) and it, I mean, it, they're not beating around the bush. Uh, It is a, (laughs) it's a male genitalia grooming kit. Um, I don't know why they messaged me. I maybe... (laughs) Maybe they think I have male genitalia. I don't. Well, <laughs> clearly, two women hosting a podcast about true crime. That just screams ball care to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you're in the market for a ball genitalia, shaving creams, and whatnot, let us know so we can get on that sponsorship. Well, and when Leslie texted me and told me, I told my husband and I couldn't stop laughing and he went to the website. So I'd like to just point out a couple things. So this is like an ad for them without them even sponsoring us. So smooth my balls. You're welcome. You're very welcome. (laughs) Um, So they have the Turf Chopper 3.0 and it has a 4.9 and it has 75 reviews. Hey. So uh, pretty high on the reviews. Um, what I think is cute that my husband pointed out, or maybe not cute, but <laughs> unique, is that instead of add to cart, it is add to sack. <laughs> They're really, t- really taking that, that ball sack thing far. <laughs> they are. They're playing on this game. Um, it's free worldwide shipping. Oh. Now, my husband was reading everything, and the thing that makes him most nervous <laughs> is that the movement of the razors... <laughs> are at 1,900 rotations per minute. Seems safe around your balls. (laughs) They also have a very fun um, thing to keep the spouse that probably doesn't enjoy cleaning up the beard hair in the sink. I guess what they assume will happen is you will be standing on your counter because the picture of this product is in the sink. So you must be... I'm thinking like Captain Momo status. Yeah, like standing over your counter, Mm -hmm. like on top of it, over your sink, spread eagle. But it's called the Pube Muncher (laughs) 1.0. And it's a little (laughs) vacuum (laughs) that you can push around your sink and pick up your pubes (laughs) after they've been trimmed. So I might get that for Robert just for the beard, like you said. (laughs) And you told me, I was like, maybe I need that for... I mean, they're pretty much the same texture. Like, let's be realistic. Men's facial hair... Yeah. If it's not conditioned, is essentially 
pubes. feels like pubic hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, and what's fun about this one is it has googly eyes that kind of remind me of the Cookie Monster. Mm. And it says, what is it? I don't it like say? that. Hold on, let me see. Uh, let me, I have to go back. All right. Pube muncher. So it's got googly <laughs> eyes like the Cookie Monster, except one's up and one's down. So it's like the Cookie Monster's like southern cousin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it says on top, it's got teeth. And then in the teeth, it has a oh. spot that says, feed me pubes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to be able uh, to look at Cookie Monster the same yeah, ever I again. I apologize. Ever. Yeah, I just ruined a childhood memory. It also has 4.9 <laughs> star, like a 4.9 review. And it has 75 reviews. So the same 75 hey, buyers. Bought the pube monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we're going to leave this up to our listeners, who I think are mostly women. <laughs> they, according to the statistics on our feed, yes. It's so like mostly women. 80% women, yeah. 20% men. Yeah. Um, so and so to our 20% uh, men and our 80% women, is this something that we could should look into sponsorship for? <laughs> Would you like to hear the scripted version of the review that the smooth my balls will most likely send us and ask us to read for commercials hey if they don't and it's still quote-unquote scripted it most likely will sound exactly like what we just said (laughs) so (laughs) except a couple more ball jokes (laughs) oh all the ball jokes will be in (laughs) so that was our excitement this week we got our first sponsor request and it was clearly directed right towards our demographic (laughs) and me apparently so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so now i think we're we're good on the ball talk uh amber why don't you tell us where we're going on the map today all right friends on the map today we're going to grattan massachusetts and leslie i'm going to tell you right now no clue what your clue left i i just get excited for the fact that i'll hear hear it from you in a week so i don't really look into it <laughs> <laughs> no that's good that's good and i feel bad the <clears throat> when i said if you if you get this clue you're my people i feel bad because you said something wendy said something <laughs> i i should just clarify if you listen to this podcast or if you are involved in this podcast <laughs> you're already my type of people because you're into the weird and the spooky and the shitty and the death <laughs> you know like that's <laughs> Those are basically a list of my hobbies. So, um, God, people are going to start calling us the gruesome twosome or something like that. The gruesome two, please, please (laughs) let that be our nickname. The gruesome twosome. I -hmm. love that. Self nicknamed. Here we go. (laughs) Does it count if you come up with your own nickname? (laughs) Because if so, that's what I'm referring to us from now on. Perf. Okay. Um, but when we were, you know, when I was doing my rec- uh, research and I was trying to decide from my long list of messed up things that I have, um, you know, it's been a hard couple of weeks for the podcast. You know, we talked about um, the Ken and Barbie killers, which was pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the attempted kidnapping and murder. And then last week, I didn't know if it was for sure Mary Bell when I came up with my decision to do this one, mm-hmm. but I had an idea. And while I wasn't super educated on the case, I knew that it was rough. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so let's just kind of mellow it down, you know, <laughs> maybe have like a calmer episode. So I'm sitting there thinking like, what on my list is calm? And um, <clears throat> so naturally, 
you know, I, I chose a possession because that's <laughs> calm and casual for me. <laughs> so that's what I meant. If you if you got the clue that it was a, a possession, you just need therapy like me. That's all. That's all I meant by it. <laughs> so today we are talking about the possession of Elizabeth Knapp. Oh, I've never heard of this. Um, you know, I love true crime and I like ghosts and paranormal stuff. But I get like an absolute boner for like historic <laughs> true crime and like. <laughs> okay, we might need to. to yeah, joke. we might need to invest in smooth my balls if we're having boners. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's where I go from like six to midnight. I love like the historical like with you know Salem, the witch trials, like mm-hmm. like that. Just I I love that stuff. Um, mostly because it was just such a different world, mm-hmm. and so the way that they reacted to things. It's just kind of bananas to me. So this um, was one of the first possession cases in the American colony. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So my sources, um, I did look on the Wikipedia page of the Elizabeth Knapp possession, just for like basic information. Um, <clears throat> there's a book called the Magnolia Christi Americana, oh. um, which roughly translates to the glorious work of Christ in America. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which was written by Cotton Mather, which was published in 1702. Okay, I really like the name Cotton, but I can't get Craig behind it because of Dodgeball. <laughs> well, I think Cotton, I don't think that was like his born name. I think Mather was his like oh. birth name. And Cotton, may, I, could, I could be totally wrong, mm-hmm. like, but I was thinking Cotton was like a, I don't know. Anyway, maybe his name was Cotton. I, ho- I hope it was. I think it's a nice name. But I brought it up to Craig once and he was like, no, that guy in Dodgeball talks about it all the time and it drives him banana. Like, it's funny. But he goes, I couldn't look at my kid and call it cotton. And not laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could either if you named your kid cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. So I also read a passage on rohohara.net, which was written by someone claiming to be the seventh grandchild of of Elizabeth. Mm. I also read the History of American Women blog, which had a piece on Elizabeth without an author listed. My dog's playing her squeaky toy. Seems like a great time to do so. (laughs) Um, I read an article on the bigelosociety.com with no author. And I also, to top it off, read an article on the Mayo Clinic website. Oh, my gosh. You did some research. It was so much fun, though. I loved it. No forensic files on this one, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we're just getting out of uh, your trusted system. I know. (laughs) The true and trusted. Okay. So um, we're going to start off talking about the Magnolia Christi Americana, which is that book written by our boy, our good friend Cotton. (laughs) And uh, Cotton Mother was a Puritan minister in the 16 and 1700s. Most people would recognize that name because of the work that he did in the Salem Witch Trials. He was kind of involved in the crucifixion. I mean, they of the oh. you know of the murder of those women. Um, so we don't like cotton. No, not particularly. <laughs> um, Never mind. I won't name my kid after him. <laughs> but I will give it. I will give you this. So he did the Magnolia Christie, but he also was kind of a big deal in the prevention of smallpox. Oh, like the spread of it in the colonies. Because he killed everybody. <laughs> No, he was like a scientist minister, which was kind of interesting for that time because science yeah. and religion, you know, weren't really hand in hand at that time. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. So I guess we'll give him claps for the smallpox thing. Yeah, I guess. Okay. <clears throat> so the Magnolia Christi Americana, I'm going to call it the MCA because 
it's a long word to say every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cotton talks about uh, demons and the presence of evil, <laughs> um, evil spirits in like a big chapter of this book. Mm. He talks about Azazel, who was actually one of like the first quote unquote demonic presences listed in the Bible. Mm. And so he talks about, and I'm not going to say his name a few times, because if you believe in those things, three is the magic word. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say it. So. Not with your house. No, no. <laughs> Not with me at all. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> For, the house is me. That's the issue. Uh, <laughs> um, so so I'm just going to refer to that entity as him for the next few minutes. Ooh, can we do he who should not be named? <laughs> that's that's a good... Since we're a couple Hufflepuffs yeah. doing a podcast. A couple of Potterheads <laughs> here. Okay. <laughs> so he talks about he who must not be named and his like legions of demons and how they started in Israel. But because like God's presence was so strong in Israel and people, you know, followed the word of God, whatever, fancy mm-hmm. hands, that the demons and he who must not should he who must not shall be named i said that wrong and he who must not is that too hard named (laughs) and that dude that guy (laughs) Uh, (laughs) dude works too (laughs) so the you know they decided they can't be here because too many people are believing in god and we can't Mm -hmm. we can't frolic freely with all of our crazy shit so cotton mather he mentions that the devils needed like a desert and they needed to be somewhere that God's presence wasn't there. And so naturally, oh, and something, looking at my notes here, something that like blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty religious. I'm, I like the idea of like religion and demonology and like that part of the Bible that's not necessarily talked about very often. So Cotton actually suggests that like the great flood, like the 40 days, 40 nights mm-hmm. with Noah and all the animals was because they were trying to like wash out the demons in the area they're trying to like cleanse the area <clears throat> and so that's why it rained for 40 days and 40 nights oh i mean it makes sense too kind of interesting yeah you said that they needed to go to the desert so like how do you get rid of them you wash you give them some water and see what water happens. them down mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the, the aliens on signs yeah Ooh. you just like throw some water on them and they disintegrate yeah. so when they were trying to so they, they had to leave israel because there were too many people of god there were you know, too many of God's preachings and all of that. And they needed to find a new place to chill. Mm-hmm. And they chose New England <laughs> to kick it. <laughs> was the place that all these demons and devils decided to go to. Where is the desert in New England? Did I miss that <laughs> in my geography class? <laughs> I think the biggest reason, you know, they were so... The colonizers were so shit to the indigenous mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that lived there. And in their head, they're thinking they're uneducated. You know, they don't have God. They don't have religion when really they had their own yeah. form of religion. Mm-hmm. But I can see him saying that they that these devils and these demons needed to go somewhere mm-hmm. <clears throat> that God wasn't talked about. And so he, in a kind of a way around it, I think he's like kind of talking shit about <laughs> the indigenous people oh, of the area. But. And he's making it like so it can kind of fit to his plan since he happens to be in New England and not in the desert. Yeah, mm. right. Got it. Kind of what I'm thinking. Um, But again, also, there was like a lot of like 1600 lingo. You know, I'm not I'm not like up to times on my Puritan slang. <laughs> so I could be like really putting words into this book. But that's how I read it. Okay. Okay. And I, I mean, I read a pretty decent part of it. So, and he also was just saying that 
you know, we hear about like the Salem witch trials and um, there are a few demonic possessions, quote unquote, that happen around that time, especially in the Puritan life. Mm -hmm. And he's saying it's because the devils were just running free because before the Puritans came, there was no talk of God. They basically had free reign of the land. Hmm. Um, And the MCA Cotton puts down a few examples. Um, I think there's like five. I didn't read all of them. I wish I, I should have, but. I'm actually, I think I'm going to Amazon that book and just yeah. like have the whole book just so I can like read it for shits and gigs. Yeah. But the book mainly talks about, um, it's from 1698 to the seven to 1700. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially just like his journal, like things that he has seen. Hmm. And so he has a few examples of these like demonic possessions. And Elizabeth's story is the second example that he gives. So let's talk about Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth was born February 2nd, uh, 1655, to her parents, James and Elizabeth Warren Knapp. She and her family lived in Groton, Massachusetts, which was a Puritan settlement in the 16 and 1700s. Mm. Um, There's not a lot documented about Elizabeth's life prior to this possession and even really after her possession. Mm. But we do know that she had a younger brother named James who died as a young boy. How confusing is that house? You've got Elizabeth and Elizabeth and James and James. <laughs> how like how lazy do you have to be in naming <laughs> your kids that you're just like, eh, let's just name them after each other. Yeah. What if what if there had been two boys? Would they still stick with James and Elizabeth? Or I don't know. Would there be like James A and James B? I don't know. But <laughs> like, know? can you imagine like you're the the wife and mother and you're like, James, put the toilet seat down. And then like <laughs> Your husband's like, why are you yelling at me about the toilet seat? And then your kid's like, oh, sorry. Like, it just, it sounds complex. <laughs> well, and in the Puritan times, they had outhouses. So it'd be like. Close the outhouse door. <laughs> <laughs> or water basin or whatever they were. Ooh, yeah, I forgot. Where they that. like peed in the, the bucket, essentially. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I think, oh, it'd be so fun to kind of go back in time and just see that. Then I remember they used to like have poop flowing in the streets and i'm like "Mm, maybe not (laughs) i would still for sure be like a time traveler like i don't if you've ever watched outlander Mm -mm. there's a lot to oh here's your reminder for everybody to take your meds (laughs) cheers so outlander anyone who is watching it is probably laughing because there is some adult content in said show like a lot of adult content (laughs) but like the premise of the it's it's based off of books about this woman who like goes back in time Mm -hmm. and she's living in scotland in like the 1400s and it's sick it's like my dream i would love to live in scotland (laughs) actually i wouldn't because that was that was when everyone tried to kill all the Scots, but uh, yeah. If you could like go back and visit, but then be able to come back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think I'd like to live in it, but I would definitely like to see it. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. From afar without poop on my shoes. Mm-hmm. Or like drinking because they used to just like put their sewage in like the water canals and then drink and bathe in it. Oh, God. I don't necessarily know if that was a Scotland thing, but that was like a <laughs> historical thing for sure. See, I just... The fact that our ancestors lived long enough for there to be lineage of us and they lived through drinking poop water, like... <laughs> well, see, but they would die at, like, 30, but they had, like, 97 children before that's then. That's so true. that's the only reason why we're here today. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they just were like, 
eventually one's going to survive long <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and, I mean, it really is. If we're, I don't want to get into my Scottish heritage because I'm married to a Scot, but I am also a Scot by blood. Mm-hmm. And it is really astounding that I'm alive because the English basically tried to, like, wipe us out oh. from all existence. But we won't talk about that today. <laughs> I just know that the Italian side came over while Mussolini was in ruling. So they saw that sh- and they were like, Peace. <laughs> and they went over to New York and then ended up residing in, in Chicago. <laughs> I don't blame them. I think I would have GTFO'd also. I'm very proud of my ancestors yeah. for being like, nah. Good choice. It was a good choice yeah. on their part. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back back to what we're talking about. <laughs> um, the Ramblas. Back at it. All right. So the James Squared and the Elizabeth Squared. So <laughs> James Jr., the younger one, died as a young boy and... They essentially said, like, her mother went into this, like, big mental breakdown, Mm -hmm. which, like, obviously. Yeah. But that was in, like, every single article that I read. So Mm -hmm. here we are. Uh, In 1671, Elizabeth is 16 years old and had just begun working as a house servant for the town minister um, named Samuel Willard. Elizabeth was responsible for cleaning, cooking, stoking the fire, all of that, but mostly watching over Willard's um, children, especially his youngest children. And I don't know the ages, but it sounds like they were like pretty little. So I'm thinking maybe one to two. Oh. That's what it kind of sounds like. Oh, okay. And so uh, living as a poor, like a Puritan, it, the Puritan life is like, is pretty humble. You know, no fancy silks, no fancy dresses. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the houses were pretty shitty. <laughs> Okay. There's a, in one of the articles that I read about Elizabeth, they were talking about how she it was always like freezing in their house, even though they mm-hmm. had this fireplace, but it was like drafty and you know, New England, the, they're close to Boston, they have pretty cold winters mm-hmm. and no, you know, no insulation, just basically logs and sticks are your houses. Um, so she just lived a pretty humble life. But when she went to Willard's house, uh, the minister. He was rich to begin with. His father did some like land dealings in the town. So he mm-hmm. had a lot of money anyway. Mm-hmm. But then as the minister, he got paid like the buku bucks, one of the most highest. Mm. Right? So it started from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, his house was like super fancy. Huge. Like it was. Mm. Yeah. And it was nice and it was warm. And and so that was something that they talked about that like Elizabeth, this 16 year old girl who's living in this like ass house (laughs) probably wearing like brown dresses probably brown to hide the shit that's on the ground (laughs) you know what i mean well yeah dyed brown so that you couldn't tell it was dirty right Mm -hmm. and then she goes to this minister's house who has it's nice and fancy and they have servants to clean and you know so i'm imagining that there's probably a little bit of resentment yeah on elizabeth's part well because so he's the minister of like her church right Mm mm-hmm of their town. Like, minister is in, like, of the religion or, like, mayor? Like, what does minister mean back then? Of the religion, of the Puritan religion. So he gives sermons and all that, yeah. Okay. So he's sitting up there teaching how they should be modest, and then he goes home to his mansion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Mm, yeah, I would... At 16, when you're starting to put two and two together, I'd be like, you're preaching some bullshit. Why aren't you in a log cabin with brown clothes? Well, and like the Puritans, I mean, they were like God-fearing people. Like they clung on to that First Testament God, the, the rage and the, um, you know, 
like um i'm trying to say this nicely um like catholics you can say like catholics yeah (laughs) i'm catholic it's okay (laughs) yeah just like you know there's some christians who um like only choose to read the first testament Mm -hmm. really which is like a god-fearing and resentful and angry god Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like what the puritans kind of believed they really were scared of god Mm. and so they did things to please him essentially And so it's just kind of an interesting life. I can't imagine living like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, we know that there are religions nowadays that are kind of similar to that, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But it's just thinking about it in modern times, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that will come up in this, because they, they really believed that God was an angry God, um, it, they felt like if they messed up or made a mistake, they would be punished. And so, like, demonic possessions were, you know, for us, it's kind of like folklore Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, okay. But, like, for them, it was real. Like, it was something that they completely believed in and they thought was... 100. Yeah, like, could potentially happen if they had made a mistake or if they had made God angry. Mm -hmm. For some reason, they felt like being possessed was just a natural punishment essentially that'd be terrifying if that was actually like a natural punishment (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't yeah i mean you know i i believe my god loves and my god um supports and yeah all of that you know very nice fluffy stuff i appreciate um in our challenge of trying to find a church after we moved we've definitely been to some services which felt a little bit more on the scary end which i don't Mm -hmm. like at all because if it's just a bad way to live like constantly assuming that you're in trouble or like if you do something wrong like you'll be punished yeah you know the the all-powerful person being is gonna like punish you like that's that's not a fun way to live like i couldn't imagine back then when you know there weren't different versions to believe how that would feel well and like I could talk about religion and like possession and things like that all day long because it is something that, you know, I'm, I've been religious my whole life. But mm-hmm. if, I t- if I could go back to study anything, I would study demonology because it's so interesting to me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I'm not going to say like how I believe is one thing mm-hmm. and is, it, you know, is the only right way. But like yeah. for me, because I do believe in like evil spirits, I, that's something that I believe mm-hmm. in. I've always believed in it. But because I believe in God, <laughs> I be- like yeah. you said, believe in a loving and a yeah. caring God, I'm not concerned. That's why I said, like, I got your back. Like, I'm really not worried. Yeah, because I... Yeah, the light and love exactly. will away anything negative. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm surrounded, yeah. like, so I'm not concerned. But like you said, it, it would be terrifying to live like that. I agree. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to just talk about the entire possession in its entirety. Most of the information that we have regarding the possession was recorded by Samuel Willard, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth's minister and employer. Mm -hmm. And he wrote like pretty extensive notes and then gave them to Cotton Mather so he could, so Cotton Mather could write it in his book. Mm -hmm. We know that pretty shortly after Elizabeth began working in the Willard home, she started to like behave really strangely. Hmm. Her mother would say that she would start like crying uncontrollably. Oh, so she's 16. (laughs) She's a 16 year old girl. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
nowadays that's normal yeah. for a 16 year old girl to cry but i think in the 1600s you know they had responsibilities they had shit to do mm-hmm. pick yourself up girl like move on mm. dust that brown skirt off girl <laughs> <laughs> um so she would just be like sobbing hysterically and then all of a sudden like just stop and would be completely normal she would laugh at like inappropriate times they said that one sunday or whatever uh willard was giving a sermon at the church and all of a sudden elizabeth started like screeching like out laughing in the middle of the sermon just like super randomly and then just stopped which is not appropriate behavior (laughs) well and what a time when mental health was not even a a blip on the radar so this girl could have just had anxiety (laughs) and they're like demon <laughs> great point thank you amber thank you i come up with them every once in a while <laughs> come up with them a lot of the times but that for this story was a great point the time that we're looking at is october 1671 and elizabeth had been behaving strangely like the crying and the laughing for weeks leading up to it but it was really october that she started to show signs of this like possession like physical mm. signs okay This was like late October. And most of these days actually have, I have the dates for these incidents, which is kind of interesting. Because he wrote such good notes. Right, right. Good old Sam. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one evening, um, the Nabs were at home, but they said her mother was sewing in a different room and her father was um, writing letters at the table. And Elizabeth Sr. said that Elizabeth was sitting in front of the fire on on a stool with like her hood up. And just like staring at the fire. And she couldn't see Elizabeth's face, but she she knew that she was looking into the flames. Suddenly, Elizabeth started like flailing and rolling and screaming on the floor. Hmm. And she was crying out that her leg was hurting, that her breasts were hurting. Like she was just calling out that she was in pain. And she kept asking like, help me, help me. Mm -hmm. And so her parents ran to her. You know, they were looking at her and she's like, I'm being strangled. Like, help me, help me, help me. Hmm. So, you know, her parents, they were, like, trying to calm her down. They were physically holding on to her to make her stop because her whole body is just, like, flailing. And she's basically lost all control of her limbs at this point. And they're holding her down and they're holding her down. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth lets out what they describe as, like, a giggle, like a little giggle, and then just stops and falls asleep on the floor. What? Um, you know, so her parents are like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, that's fucking weird. Um, so they, they kind of start to panic. And Elizabeth Sr. like basically admits at, the po- at this point, she's like, it's something demonic. Yeah. Because again, that's she's a Puritan. That, yeah. Right. That's, they, it's not something that's totally out of the box for them. It's mm-hmm. something that's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. But her dad, on the other hand, was kind of like, nah, uh-uh, like, no way. And I, like, I think, obviously, I don't know, but if he was a good Puritan, like they say he was, I'm thinking he maybe said it wasn't, like, for his own good. Kind of, like, playing, like, a Scarlett O'Hara, like, I'll think about that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not going to happen to me, like, that type of thing. Yeah. But he was super, super adamant that, like, this was not demonic. She was just sick. Like, she's fine. Hmm. Oh, and I have in my notes, I'm kind of skipping around, but... Just to show how prominent, like, a demonic idea was. Um, so the Salem witch trials were just 40 miles east of Groton. And the, it happens mm. just 20 years earlier. 
or 20 years later. I'm sorry. So Elizabeth, mm. Elizabeth's possession was 20 years before the witch trials. So, so after Elizabeth like giggles and acts like everything is fine and passes out on the floor, they like carry her to her bed. And Elizabeth senior says that she just like watched her all night to make sure that she was like breathing <laughs> and noticed that her breathing habits were super irregular. Like she would breathe and then she would like not breathe. Kind of like I have sleep apnea, so that's what it makes. Yeah, I was apnea, in, so yeah, that's like yeah. what I think of. But um, all these medical diagnoses, <laughs> right? But I mean, back then in the 1600s, there was nothing. Yeah, right. You don't even have electricity. Like, like everything was a demon doing it. Right. Like, even if you were sick and got smallpox, it was a demon. A demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the next day, the nap parents were like pretty apprehensive of Elizabeth. But again, I think they were just trying to play it off and pretend like, how shitty would that be to be like, oh yeah, my kid's the one that's possessed this week. Like, don't come over for dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's the old school COVID. <laughs> right. So they were like watching her, but also trying to just keep life as normal. And so they had like friends over for dinner, actually, which is, again, I think they were just really trying to like play it off that nothing was wrong. Elizabeth's father had asked her to go down into the cellar to get something. And um, all of a sudden, Elizabeth started screaming like bloody murder from the cellar. And she's calling for her dad and asking for her father to come help her. And so he runs down there and he's like, Mm -hmm. what the like, where's the fire? You know what's happening? And she's like, there's two men down here. Like, you need to come help me. There are two men in the cellar. Oh, fuck. So he goes downstairs. And once he gets down there, he sees Elizabeth like pointing to this, this thing. And she's like talking to it. And when James approaches it, it's a sack of flour. And so she like saw this sack of flour and was like talking to this sack, but saying that it was these two, it was two men that were in the cellar. And so her dad kind of like literally gives her grief is like, oh, these are your two men, huh? Like kind of teasing her. And, um... He goes upstairs and he tells Elizabeth Sr., you know, she's just playing games. She's, like, having fantasies. Ignore her. Mm-hmm. She's fine. Which is kind of sad. <laughs> but I, Yeah. Oh well. But, I mean, um, how many times do you write it off? Like, even now, like, I had imaginary friends and I would talk to them and my parents were just like, oh, she's just messing around. Like, you know, so sometimes you don't think of it. You're just like, all right, my kid's just, like, being a, weird. a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you, Amber, for reminding me that not everybody sucks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he still might suck, but in this moment, I can see where he's writing it off. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like texting. Like, when I read that shit, it's hard to tell what the tone was. Was he playing or was he being an ass? That's why we send so many smiley faces to each other, because we both have the same anxiety about texting. <laughs> I think that's a millennial thing. I think that's like a common, we are petrified. Or maybe it's a woman thing, because I also feel like I have to do exclamation points. Yes. No matter what I'm saying, yeah. even if I'm not like excited. Every first draft of a work email has more explana- explanation yes. points than what I actually send. Because then I'm like, that's too many. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm not this excited Pigeon. about parking. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells Elizabeth Sr. like, she's fine. Ignore it. Mm-hmm. And they have dinner and everything's great and nothing else happens. But then that evening, Elizabeth Sr. and James uh, left Elizabeth sitting on the stool by the fireplace, looking into the fire again. Um, And they went to sleep. When they were in their bedroom, they suddenly were awoken by screams and a loud crash. And so they run into the, to the 
room, mm-hmm. you know, the great room. And they find Elizabeth rolling on the floor, mm-hmm. screaming, flailing her body, acting ham. And actually, she was, like, so violent that she had shattered the stool that she was sitting on. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, again, they go up to her and they, like, are trying to hold her down. And her body starts rolling into the fire. She's trying to go into the fireplace because it's, like, an open fire. I can see where the demons are coming in. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how they put one and one together and got fish. I get it. (laughs) um so yeah so she's her body is like rolling to the fireplace and both of her parents told willard that it took both like they were both using all of their strength to hold her back she was still trying to roll still trying to roll and Mm -hmm. she's a 16 year old girl it's not like she's pumping steroids like she should not be stronger than two grown adults Mm -hmm. and there's no indication of how long this goes on for but it doesn't stop until Elizabeth literally passes out from exhaustion on the floor. Oh my god! Like cause she's scream, she's screaming and she's thrashing and and I'm assuming using every bit of strength that her body has, mm-hmm. and so she just passes out from exhaustion on the floor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so, so then it was at that point that they were like, okay, like maybe maybe something more is happening something might be happening (laughs) um and like they told neighbors like that she was behaving you don't do that not during the witch trials (laughs) well this was before the big witch trials uh like i said this was 20 years before but still but still you don't tell your neighbors because then they're gonna like any society like that back then was just trying to point fingers at who was the the shit christian right. so that they could get them in trouble versus themselves i mean that still kind of happens but yeah um <laughs> just no more hangings or witch trials <laughs> here's me sipping the tea <laughs> like the kermit meme you know what i'm saying okay um well they had to t- ask like they had to tell neighbors because there's like four days that elizabeth is like uncontrollably having these outbursts and they have to have neighbors come over to like hold her down because Mm -hmm. she is like thrashing her body so much Mm -hmm. and she began shouting money money sin and misery misery so that's that's where the clue comes in that's what she would scream when she was having these fits it's random well um, so far according (laughs) as i say it makes sense when we hear more of her story but okay so uh, they call Minister Willard, Willard, you know, to come and help them. And he goes to the home and Elizabeth wasn't screaming and wasn't being held down. But he said that she was super like melancholy, was just pouting in the corner, essentially. And he says, Elizabeth, why do you think this is happening? What do you think is happening and going on? Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth says that a woman in town who is super well known crawled through her chimney and bewitched her. Oh, no. With a spirit. Mm. With, like, an evil spirit. And Willard is like, nah, bitch. Like, he knows this woman. Okay. He trusts this woman. And so he's immediately like, I don't believe you. Which is kind of insane. Yeah. Because we know what happens 20 years later, 40 miles east. Right? Yeah, that's what I. That's why I said, oh, no. Because I was like, oh, here it goes. We've got children pretending to be possessed. And then they're pointing fingers at all the neighbors that they don't like and so it is it's kind of amazing that he's like no i don't believe you and he goes as far not to believe her that like he doesn't even put this woman's name in his journals so we don't know who she accused we don't know anything about that 
just that she was like mm. a really trusted woman in the community. Hmm. Maybe it was his wife. I don't know. Or his mistress. They all had mistresses oh. back in the day. <laughs> they, they did. <laughs> that's, that's probably who it was. And he's like, nope, not her. Yeah. Um, if some high historian college could please send me my degree in the mail because I cracked the case, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I will now be a history major. <laughs> I'll get right on that for you. <laughs> you can graduate. There's a college called Leslie College. <gasps> so you can graduate from Leslie yeah. College send me a degree (laughs) okay i got you it'll be from my leslie college not the official but yeah (laughs) okay um so willard's like nah i don't believe you it wasn't this lady so what he does do instead is kind of bananagrams Mm. for this time so in every other situation around then when there's like a possession quote unquote the ministers and the town people they focus on who possessed them Mm -hmm. like what town person is you know sleeping with the devil Mm -hmm. um that's that's like their go-to willard instead decides like what is possessing her Hmm. like why is she being possessed and he basically writes off that it could be anyone from the town at all which is kind of insane okay (laughs) that he does that long distance possession got it or just like i think he genuinely believes in these like demonic and evil spirits Mm -hmm. and so he just thinks that she did something to do it yeah or they they went for her they looked for her Mm, you know whatever okay Okay. if he hadn't behaved the way he did we would be talking about something completely different Mm. this would be like salem you know part one essentially okay okay if he had done what every other minister did in that time yeah okay um so snaps for sam and so like he does not believe (laughs) He almost doesn't even believe that she's even possessed. Oh. Like, she kind of thinks that he that she's, like, pretending, which is interesting. Like, maybe she was just, like, a really bad actress. Oh, my God. So, Sam, if he would have been – I know we keep bringing up Salem, but if he would have been at Salem, because that's literally what happened. Right. Like, don't worry, friends. We'll do an episode on Salem. I actually think um, – so, Craig and I are planning on going to Boston in the fall. Yes. Um, and we want to go the – like in October because Salem does um, every weekend in October Salem the town does a lot of witch trial like reenactments and stuff so my husband is going along with my desire to go there we're also going to see Boston and some fun stuff but I'm hoping that we can line it up so that we can do a Salem episode yeah like before I go or I mean if I can take all my podcast stuff maybe while I'm there that'd be perfect and I know a little bit about that too so yeah yeah, no, I, I actually did like a class on like the Salem witch trials in college. Like it was like literally just researching that. It's really in- interesting. It is. But in the end, what ha- happened in Salem was a bunch of little girls pretending yeah. to be possessed and blaming it on people. <laughs> Scared the fuck out of me. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, it was a loud noise. <laughs> I legit don't know what that was. I'm not. I don't know either. I'm getting some weird feedback on my headphones, too. It sounds like you have a window open. It's like... Are you bullshitting me right now? (laughs) No, I'm not bullshitting you. Why would I bullshit you? (laughs) It, like, just started. It sounds like wind. Like, you know when I had my window open the other night? And we... Yeah, it sounds like that. Do you have a window open? No. Well, fuck. Okay. (laughs) We're just going to keep on going. (laughs) But if Sam had been in Salem, maybe it would be completely different for that, too, if he automatically thinks this 16-year-old right. girl is faking it. 
Right. I was going to say, Sam's goat, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. I just got a... I just got a notification from my spirit box app that I should use it. No. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, we're fine. I really don't want to watch any ghosty things happen through the computer right now. None of this is staged. I just like I I fucking promise you. Okay. All right. I'll be curious because I have headphones and so I can't hear. I'll be curious if I hear whatever the fuck that noise was. I mean, it just sounded like a big, like... It was like a bang. Like something fell, yeah. But I just don't... I don't have anything. Nothing... Like, I'm still unpacking my house that I've lived in for six months. Nothing is like... (laughs) You saw it. I have, like, nothing on the walls. Okay. All right. Oh, I've got goose pimples now. (laughs) I mean, Roxy's right next to me, and she's not freaking out. So I think we're okay. 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 Um... Okay, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm saying this shit aloud. I don't know, but maybe I'm making maybe. someone mad. Okay, maybe. I'll just we're we're fine. Okay, <laughs> I can do this. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So, right, Willard, Sam, your goat. We love you. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's like, I don't believe you. So I'll ask you again. Like, why do you think this is happening? What's going on with you? And she starts, like, sobbing hysterically, and she tells Willard and her parents, and there were, like, neighbors that were there just in case she, you know, needed to be held down. Mm -hmm. And she says that the devil had been visiting her for the last three years. Oh, shit. She says that he was offering her money and silks and fine clothes and ease from her labors. And she said that for the last few years, they had been pretty irregular, um, that he would only come every now and then. But for the last four days, for the last four days that she had been having these crazy fits, he had been see- he had been coming to see her every single day, multiple times a day. Hmm. And she even said that it had gotten to the point where she couldn't go into a room without seeing him. Now you're, what are you looking I at? I just, <laughs> I'm on edge. I'm just. I am too. I'm actually watching that little sliver that is your door. Okay. <laughs> just to make sure nothing's coming up behind you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Roxy's sitting right, she's right here. So I like, you just can't see her. So I think we're fine, but. Yeah. No, I just, I'm sitting by, every time I sit by a window and we talk about scary stories, I just have the urge to look out and make sure everything's good. (laughs) But it's still light out, so it's not as scary. I'll try to finish this so it's still light out when we're done. There's not much, I mean, most of this 55 minutes has just been us rambling. Uh, But. Um, she said that the devil would mostly come to her when she was walking home late in the evening from Willard's house. She said that the devil would come to her when she was at Willard's house and was like taunting her and would even like challenge her to throw Willard's youngest child into the fire. Oh my God. Or like into the oven. Yeah. Like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And she even, so she said that there was one instance where she was work. she had worked at the home pretty late. And the Willard said, like, oh, just stay here so you don't have to walk home. You know, it's pretty late. We don't want you to walk home by yourself. And so she was staying at their house and was the devil had come to her in her dream and was telling her to go kill Willard. And she said that the next thing she knew, she woke up and she was standing in front of Willard's bedroom with a hook in her hands, like prepared to do whatever. 
And that's when she woke up and she was like, oh, my God, like, I don't want I don't want to do this. That You know, this is the devil moving my body. It's very scary to be Sam and be hearing all of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just outright saying, like, I I thought about murdering your family and like I had the opportunity to. <laughs> You're hearing how someone pla- was planning your your murder. <laughs> and he's really nice to her. As this goes on, he's like, "Oh, that's not, he's such a better person." Oh my god. I know he's like so kind and like he really works with her. I mean, he essentially saved her life. Oh wow. If you really think about it yeah. because she would have been burned or yeah. killed. So, it is kind of interesting. Yeah. And this part kind of made me laugh. I, I'll just say sorry to whoever's here. Uh, <laughs> okay, so she so she was saying that, like, she didn't want to do this. Like, she was trying to fight off the devil's temptation. She was trying to be stronger than him and that she was just, like, swearing, like, he's horrible and his <laughs> visits are, quote, unquote, unpleasurable. And, like, she hadn't, she didn't want to sign her name in the blood book or join a covenant or anything like that. Mm-hmm. From the limited knowledge that I have about this, the blood book, I believe, is um, like a book that like the devil, that you sign your soul to the devil mm, in, okay. essentially. So, but she, so she said she didn't sign the blood book. Um, but I was like, <laughs> I was like laughing because she was saying that his visits were like unpleasurable. Like, yeah, yeah no shit. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would make that assumption. That From what not... I've heard, he's not a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh that she was like, no, it's so, I hate it. It's so unpleasurable. Like, I don't enjoy these visits. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would assume you don't. I'd hope not. Because if she said she enjoyed it, then they probably wouldn't have been as nice to her. <laughs> then they would have definitely killed her. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Willard continued visiting Elizabeth every day. And um, it kind of, sorry, I just banged. And it kind of got to the point um, where she would only have these fits when Willard was around. Oh. So which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the Puritan life back then, they're like, it's because he's a man of God. Like, and the the evil spirit can't take his holiness. Handle him. Yeah. Mm. And she would scream and her body would move violently. Her eyes would roll back in the back of her head. And she would continue to scream out, money, money, sin, misery. She would scream those out often. Hmm. It's documented that on November 5th, Willard suggests that a physician come to see Elizabeth. Oh. Because he's he still thinks she's foolish. <laughs> <laughs> and he's thinking that she's actually just like sick, that she's not bewitched or. Oh, my gosh. This man was ahead of his time. I know. He was so good. Calling in science when he is like. A man of God. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Knowing what we know now, how different how history has shaped how he was so modern Mm -hmm. and i say modern like thinking rationally yeah (laughs) and 20 years later they are not it's just kind of crazy yeah so the physician comes and he essentially says that she's having like an upset stomach and like digestive issues (laughs) and um needs some pepto for that uh demonic (laughs) apparently i'm also possessed for that demonic takeover (laughs) just get some pepto and you're good to go (laughs) also on a side note all i could think about i don't know if you will remember this amber we used to like (laughs) we used to say in high school that if one of us had ever been possessed even if we had like come out of the possession we couldn't be friends 
because you just can't come back from that shit. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> we used to <laughs> plan. <all> <laughs> for- yeah, we would we would say like we're always gonna be friends except if one of us gets possessed because you just don't come back from that shit. <laughs> oh, it had to be after we watched one of those weird ass movies that we used to watch. I'm sure because I yeah. we were like yeah I don't want to put up with that shit <laughs> like the head spinning we're like oh, I think I'm gonna pass yeah you're gonna be yeah yeah you're gonna be weird as fuck after you're done like we're, we're good so that's all I could think of when I was reading this god we were not so well we were supportive friends but clearly we knew our limits <laughs> and I wonder why we were each other's only friends I just can't imagine yeah um, raise your hand if in high school you also um, made plans after possession with your friend. If if not, at least one hand is raised. I will be disappointed in you weirdos. I know. At least one person. I know, yeah. <laughs> we, we like to keep the people who planned for possession in high school in our clique, so... <laughs> I'm pretty sure none of our other no. friends were a part no, of that. Weren't. Even in high school, none of our other friends were as into this as we were. Yeah, no, I. Well, and we would just like watch like ghost adventures like late at night and then scare the shit out mm-hmm. of ourselves and good times, good times. Oh, I yeah, I remember we couldn't sleep. Oh, sorry, side yeah. tangents. What I'm good at. Do you remember the time we were laying out on your trampoline? Yes. And that dog ran through the cornfield behind your house. And I was such a fucking puss because you wanted to get down and I made you call your dad to come out and walk us into the house because we were talking about that homeless guy that your brother homeless man that lived in the shed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We were like telling a ghost story about this like homeless man your brothers told you about that lived like a couple miles from your house in this rundown shack yeah just like in the shed behind us yeah, yeah. which i am still terrified of i think they finally tore it down but it used to be they did. by my old <laughs> like where i used to rent and i would drive past it and still be scared <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> your brothers told you this story of how they broke into the shack which i mean i don't even we clearly i don't know they probably didn't but they told us there was like stuff in blood on the walls and like dead animals yes yes and you're telling me this fucking story it is pitch black out like we had lights (laughs) from your house but you you had a cornfield like no fence cornfield back into your house i lived out in the middle of nowhere as a kid yeah (laughs) and then oh my god dog runs over so you're telling me about this creepy (laughs) homeless man and all i hear is (laughs) and i was like oh my god (laughs) and i thought it was him <laughs> I do remember that dog was so nice though. It was, and the owners <laughs> oh, were such man. jackasses when your they dad were. called to let them know that we found them because they ran away from like the house on the other side of the cornfield. Yeah, the field. But yep. you were like, "We need to get down," and I grabbed you and I was like, "No, you need to call your dad, oh and he God, needs to walk us in." So, I think I did like call him from my phone. You like, did. My cell we phone. had your cell phone, and you were like, "We're on the trampoline. You have to come out." And your dad was pissed. He was like, "Why?" <laughs> And then we were like, there's something out here. <laughs> and he did not take us seriously at all. He was like, just come inside. I remember he was like, just come inside. Oh, man. That was so funny. <laughs> that house was that I did get scared a lot at that house. Though, I did because too. of the fields mm-hmm. and like the whole window thing, like they could see in, but I couldn't see, see them. Yeah. And I was like convinced that there was always someone standing there. Yeah, we, we watched like signs or something at your house. And I was like, oh, that was terrifying. a horrible decision. <laughs> 
I hate them. I still I, to this day cannot watch that movie. Well, you you grew up around a cornfield, like no wonder. It was a wheat field, but yeah, I, I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. They were still, but they were still tall, and they were tall. There were still creepy stacks. Yeah. Oh my god, that's I totally forgot about that. That's so I can like picture it perfectly in my head. I know oh, it's like so one of funny. my my core horror memories, like. Every once in a while, I will think of that and scare myself. (laughs) I love that. Okay. That's so funny. So, yeah. um, Dealing with possessions, telling each other ghost stories, and then getting scared the shit out of. Like, we were going to spend the night on the trampoline that night, and we didn't do it. We went inside. We were like, no, never mind. We're fine. (laughs) (laughs) And your dad told us we wouldn't want to do that. And then we went inside right after. (sighs) man good times good times <laughs> okay all right back Sorry. to possession Sorry. tangent over oh my gosh that was funny i needed that laugh thank you mm-hmm. that was good now i'm not as scared anymore me too thank but you. my dog's like intensely staring at me and that always trips me out <laughs> <laughs> well she's just wondering or he they're wondering why you're laughing so much i can't remember where i left off <laughs> um so the physician she has an upset stomach yeah so okay yeah just an upset stomach that's where we were um see if she has digestive issues which i laughed because it's like that's me i have like the worst digestive issues but um and so he said like why don't you try like fasting for a few days and then um, bed rest oh that was like his solution and so she spent the next month and a half um secluded pretty much to her bedroom she continued having violent outbursts and it was documented that like the longest one lasted about 48 hours of her just like oh my god non-stop screaming and flailing how exhausting why is it she's not eating i would think that she would just like pass, pass out, out. <laughs> jinx okay um <laughs> so throughout the time elizabeth said that the devil visited her in the form of a black dog as an older man who one of the neighbors who came to hold her down and even um in the form of a household knife oh which the mental picture of that makes me laugh um yeah it's got a red (laughs) handle (laughs) and the whole time elizabeth was just pleading out that she wanted to return to god she wanted to resist the temptation you know she wanted to get out of this path basically and so all the while Willard's like I still kind of feel like she's faking it like I still kind of feel like it's not true (laughs) but like Uh it's super sketchy to him that she is so strong when these like outbursts happen that multiple people have to hold like grown adults have to hold her down yeah and so that's kind of the only thing for him that's like "Eh, maybe she is I don't know um Mm-hmm. And she actually ended up accusing another woman in the town for bewitching her. And Willard's like, no, like, come up with a different story. Like, that's not yeah. true. And um, <laughs> so he just like he just kept asking, like, why is this happening to you? What do you think happened? Mm-hmm. And she finally admits that she did sign her name in the blood book and that she took the offer, basically. Um, that the devil had given her of like a rich life with money and fine silks and she didn't want to work anymore. And so mm-hmm. she took the deal, essentially. And so, you know, like jump to 2021, like mm-hmm. she's a 16 year old girl. Like we kind of talked about in the beginning, she's her. She lives a very humble life mm-hmm. and she sees this man with like all these riches and mm-hmm. um, luxuries 
And so even Willard is like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I can see that. <laughs> like, you're probably jealous of shit. Yeah. And so I can understand why you would sign your name in this book because you want this fancy life. So he's still, like, he thinks she's bullshitting for a while. And, like, he's not believing the bewitching stuff. But, like, still to his core, he's believing in this book. And even though he's getting science and physicians involved, he still believes, okay, you're finally telling me the truth. Yes. You signed your name in the blood book. This is why you're acting this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So we're going to skip ahead to December 17th. So if you remember, this has been going on for about a month and a half because the first episode was the end of October. Elizabeth had gone um, a few days without having any violent outbursts or fits. So she was allowed to like leave her home. And there were some like Christmas, like Mm -hmm. pre-Christmas celebrations in town. And so she got to go to that, which makes me laugh. (laughs) I don't think I would let her. (laughs) She's going to throw children into, you know, the oven. But let's let's let her have some Christmas cheer. Yeah, she's the original like Hansel and Gretel witch. (laughs) So she goes to the festival and everything is fine. There's no issues. But on her way home, she decides that she wants to go see Samuel Willard to show him, like, look, like, I'm doing so great. This Mm -hmm. is I get to, like, leave my house. And um, he welcomes her in and he's excited to see her and everything's fine. And they're chatting and, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden she stands up and stands on her tiptoes and her eyes roll back. And and for the first time in his notes, like Willard 100% believes that Elizabeth is completely under a demonic possession at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. He is convinced that the devil himself is in front of him. That's terrifying. Yeah. Someone I never want to come across if I can avoid it. No, definitely not. Elizabeth's tongue rolls out of her mouth and it makes an S shape. What? And Willard said that her tongue is like so freakishly long. That it's, like, terrifying looking. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine, yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, a snake. All I can think of is, like, The Exorcism, that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I can picture. In her voice, she's shouting when the tongue is, like, in an S. And then all of a sudden, her, like, head snaps forward and she's looking at Willard. And in a low, gravelly voice that's not Elizabeth's, she starts saying that her parents are rogues. Now, I don't know what a rogue means. I'm not going to pretend. But what I'm assuming, because of the context of this situation, mm-hmm. I think it means like a phony or like a fraud. So I feel like there's like a phrase where you can like say like someone went rogue. So they like did their own thing. Yeah, right. Almost. And they weren't following like the plan. So maybe like they're doing their own shit and not following like the Puritan way. That's true. That's a good. Okay. There you go. I bet you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So she's saying that her parents are rogues and then her body begins to twist and move in what he described as impossible shapes and positions. And then Elizabeth is still looking at Willard, but without opening her mouth, um, she's, the voice screams and you are the greatest rogue. Oh, because he's got all that nice shit and they're supposed to be wearing brown and living in shacks. I didn't, I didn't think about, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't put that connection together. You're exactly right. I mean, like, we, we like Sam, but he, you know, there's. He is kind of a phony. Yeah, everyone's got a little hypocrisy in them somewhere. And clearly his yeah. is that he doesn't live a simple lifestyle like he tells everybody else to. You're exactly right. I didn't put two and two together initially. Good job. Fish. See, <laughs> one plus one equals fish. And 
Samuel says that at that point, every person in his home, so like his family, Elizabeth's family, the mate, the servants, they dropped to their knees and were like praying and, you know, hail, hail marrying and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Samuel responds to Elizabeth, quote unquote, Satan, thou art a liar and a deceiver and God will vindicate his own truth this one day. And Elizabeth or the devil or whatever you prefer responded, quote unquote, I am not Satan. I am nothing more than a pretty black boy. This is my pretty girl. I have been here for a great while. Immediately after Elizabeth said that, she collapsed and everybody like swarmed her and prayed over her body and the devil, quote unquote, like left her body, whatever. Mm, mm. So, um, that's the last documentation of Elizabeth's possession. Okay. So like the praying over her body, they feel worked and she didn't have any other problems. Right. They think that they oh. prayed enough that the spirit or the devil left her body. It left her for good. Hmm. So it was, it was a total of three months. They did say, so I don't, although that wouldn't make sense because this happens in December and they said that she was under this possession until January. So I don't know, but they, that's all that they have. That's the only, that's it. Okay. So Willard was convinced that Elizabeth was never converted into a witch or was never bewitched by anyone, but she gave into like that temptation, Mm -hmm. but she's a good Puritan girl. You know, she's a good Christian girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we, we hear that shit all the time. Um, so it doesn't seem like he actually like thinks she was possessed in his findings. Cause like I said, he just continuously says like, he thinks that she's faking it. Mm Mm-hmm. But he, in his notes, he did say that he genuinely believed that the devil had control of her when she was in his house. Hmm. He goes back and forth. Like, he's like right. the science man who calls the doctor. And then he's like, no, you're possessed. But then he's like, no, nah, never mind. You're not. I feel like it's because back in that time, he had to, because he's a, he's a minister, yeah. a Puritan minister. And so he had to kind of say, like, yes, she's possessed. But it also kind of sounds like he was a pretty reasonable man. Mm-hmm. And so logically he's probably like eh, yeah okay. probably not okay but i mean the whole s with the tongue and moving her i mean there there are weird things yeah that don't necessarily add up to like a reasonable explanation mm-hmm. by january of 1672 so just three months after she was seemingly healed and back to normal and elizabeth ended up marrying a man named samuel scripture at the age of 19 so just three years after her possession and uh, she had 10 children. Holy crap. Which is just bananas. Ugh. And it's believed that Elizabeth died sometime between 1720 and 1728. Oh, wow. There's not a specific date. Shall. Uh, let's talk about a logical explanation. Yeah. Was Elizabeth possessed? Maybe. But so as of 2011, doctors are pretty sure that Elizabeth most likely had a disease called Korea which is spelled C-H-O-R-E-A. Okay. But it's pronounced like Korea. Okay. But it's also known as Huntington's disease. Hmm. Huntington's disease is a rare genetic disorder, and it takes the name Korea, is named after the Greek word meant for dancing. Hmm. So the disease causes the brain to progressively deteriorate, um, which causes those who are diagnosed to have, you know, strange behaviors, body movements, um, psychological issues. So her body moving so uncontrollably mm-hmm. was because her brain was deteriorating. Oh, Laughing in the middle of a sermon yeah. when she shouldn't have mm-hmm. is because she's losing that touch to that psychological 
Like that knowledge of when it's appropriate and when it's not. Okay. And, you know, they said in all the journals, Willard says, like, Elizabeth is so melancholy and he chalks it up to her being quote unquote possessed. Mm -hmm. But they say, like, depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. are big indications of this disease. What's kind of interesting, though, uh, so usually Huntington's disease doesn't come up um, for patients I read. I didn't write this down, so I'm talking from memory here. I think it said it. they usually don't come up until, like, they're 30 years old. Oh. And if they happen, they do happen before they're 20, but it's called juvenile Huntington's disease, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, generally a more aggressive and severe version of this disease. Mm. And they said, essentially, most people only live about 10 years after, like, their their initial diagnosis. But Elizabeth lived longer than 10 years after, you know, she turned 16. So I don't, something is kind of interesting. When I was reading on the Mayo Clinic, it was, like, super specific about if it hits you before you're 20 years old, Mm -hmm. it's worse and it's more aggressive. And I'm assuming it was no longer aggressive because they didn't talk about it. They said that her life was, like, super, yeah, unremarkable after her possession. So, I yeah, so it is kind of weird. Um, Just some background on Huntington's disease. There is a treatment for this disease now, but it is still incurable. So, no. So, yeah, there's a little bit of spoony talk for you, but. Oh. And so that's, that's my findings. That's, there she is. I think Elizabeth probably had a mixture of all the above. You know, she's a 16-year-old girl and she's thrown a fit as she sleeps in a cold-ass hut and then goes mm-hmm. to work and cleans this dude's, you know, bed chambers who has like silk and nice things. And mm-hmm. like you just said, when she calls him the greatest rogue. That's like the cherry on the top that she was pissed at him because yeah. he was living the life. Yeah. So. Well, and maybe she wanted to like scare him also. Like maybe, yeah. you know, maybe she was like, well, this guy's a phony and he's living this lavish lifestyle. Like, let me tell him about how I thought about killing him and his family and yeah. all of this stuff. Like I was assuming when you were talking that this was like a mixture of like depression anxiety and like maybe a little bit of schizophrenia mm-hmm. right which it um, totally could have been who knows yeah or like um sometimes if you're bipolar um and you're not taking your medication you can start having i've you know heard in other cases yeah. people can start having um hallucinations and stuff like that like she could have had a, a laundry list of diagnoses that weren't even a thing back then right like, I've never actually sat down and thought about how terrifying it would be. Like, I'm an anxious person, and I don't, I've never thought about how terrifying it would be to go through anxiety and not... Have medication for it? Well, that or, like, a diagnosis. Like, yeah. they had... There was nothing, like, for a long time. I've never thought about modern diagnoses in the 1600s, which is, like, most likely what a lot of people had that were killed unjustly. Well, I mean, even in even we can go into the seventies. You look at the yeah, and in, uh, insane asylums, quote unquote. I use that oh, word with yeah. disgust. People who were just literally ill were put mm-hmm. into these institutions and tortured. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it, like it is crazy. We're fortunate to be in the time that we are now. I mean, yeah. Well, and we still have a long way to go with mental yeah, health and do. all that. We do. So, th- I mean, and just feeling fortunate to be here when there are already more leaps and bounds that we need, you know, as a culture yeah. need to kind of figure out. You know, and in, in that time when Elizabeth was alive, like your goal is to be as normal as possible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because if you're not, like, there's someone watching you, you know. Right. Waiting to tell on you, ultimately. Especially in the Puritan. And no, it just that was kind of what I, with what I've researched and stuff, that's like kind of what was going on then is like it was a lot of tattletaling because they wanted someone else to be a target other than themselves. And it was a lot of gossip in those small towns. So, like, yeah, yeah you got nothing to do. Yeah, you're going through these things and she probably didn't open up about it until she couldn't handle it or control it anymore. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. So it's definitely interesting, though. It is. It's super interesting. All right. Well, good job, Leslie. That was really interesting. I have never heard of that case before. I have heard of it, but most people just stick with the she was possessed and, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want to scare you. But I'll always treat it as a logical thing, too. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. That was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun to research. <laughs> and it was a good light one. <laughs> Lighter. Right. Than what we've been doing. Um, I also had the same mindset. However, I have not done all the research. So I might be saying that this is light and it could be a courage, <laughs> the cowardly dog situation where we go completely different. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So are you ready for the clue? Yes. Yes. Okay. The blunders are all there on the chessboard waiting to be made. That's it? That's it. I was waiting. I was. I thought that was a comma. I was waiting. No. Okay, say it again. The blunders are all there on the chessboard, waiting to be made. Hmm. All I can think of is wizard's chess. Oh, yeah. In Harry Potter. It is not the scene in Harry Potter where they um, have to attack chess pieces. Um, <laughs> but chess is important in this clue. Okay. Okay. So there we go, friends. Oh, man. That's good. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> And that was a good one. Also, uh, to throw out there, uh, I don't know if you saw on our page, but Wendy did some sleuthing yeah, she from did. our last es- episode, and she found that Norma Bell yes. died in 1989, I think is what her comment said. And she thought it was from cancer. And she walked me through her process. And this woman, like, if she, if our FBI agents are listening, like, they <laughs> should really pick her up. Wendy's your girl, huh? Yeah. She was looking at, like, um death certificates mm-hmm. and like there's like a website to find graves and stuff yeah. like that she was looking at the like you don't look at that for fun i have not <laughs> oh <laughs> me either <laughs> i mean you know but yeah so wendy found out some fun info for us about norma bell snaps for wendy yeah so i'm gonna be excited to see you know she keeps saying we, we're calling her out every time we talk hey. about how excited we are but she is like a dedicated searcher yeah and what she'll be she, our first guest yeah so i'm excited um to see where this clue leads her because she always has such a fun time with her clues it was funny looking at her notes for this mm-hmm. episode. Well, and I was I was impressed. I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And then, you know, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was creative what she thought of. So, And if you yeah, don't know dead. what we're talking about, we have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram. Go check it out and you can see Wendy's comments and how she gets led to you know sometimes really figuring out what the clues are and sometimes giving us really good ideas for what to look into (laughs) (laughs) yes and while you're there make sure you like subscribe and on wherever Mm -hmm. you're listening to spotify apple podcasts that really helps our numbers and helps us go up the charts if you're feeling generous we would love Mm -hmm. a review you know preferably if it was nice yep if not keep it to yourself 
write it in a little note and then, you know, mail it to yourself, like whatever they say in therapy Mm -hmm. to make yourself feel better. Um, But yeah, we would love it. And Mm -hmm. this has been so much fun. You know, this is episode nine. Like, I can't believe that we're already almost to 10 full episodes. I know. So it's just exciting. Yeah, we've been doing this for almost three months now. I know. It's it's nuts. Okay. (laughs) But another great episode from Leslie, and we will talk to you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.